You are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and I'm your host, Stephanie O'Day. What if I told you that you could truly have the life of your dreams, the life you've always wanted, one filled with abundance, joy, and a sense of purpose? It's absolutely possible, and I see it each and every day with my coaching clients. It all starts with learning how to slow down. You deserve to live the life you've always dreamt about. Let's get started. Hey there, Slow Down Society. Steph here, and I am so happy that you are here. We are going to go over steps two and three of what are needed to take in order to live a slow life. So for a bit of a recap, there are five steps that I believe you need to take in order to live a calm, peaceful, tranquil, slow life, the life that you've always wanted, the life of your dreams, a life of intention and with purpose. And so there are five. And the first one is to declutter everything. And we talked about that in the last episode. And what I mean about declutter everything is to just be mindful and pay attention. What is working in your life? What isn't? For a lot of people, when we talk about decluttering, we're talking about the actual physical things within your home. When you walk into a room, do you feel calm or do you feel like there's so much stuff there that the walls are kind of closing in on you and you don't feel at peace and your stuff is actually kind of talking to you? There's been studies that show that some people who are kind of highly sensitive, who are just, they actually feel feel the vibrations of the things and they get a little overwhelmed. I know for me, when I walk into Costco or when I walk into a super crowded mall with tons and tons of stimulation, I actually feel kind of anxious. I don't feel calm. I feel a little frenzified. Thank goodness for online shopping because it's not fun for me in any way to have that sort of frantic feeling. And so I try to maintain the space in my home and to maintain the space on my desk and just with the people around me. And so I want you to take the time and just sort of declutter all of the things that aren't working for you. So that's step one. So step two and step three are what we're gonna talk about today. And step two is know where you're headed and sort of set your metaphoric GPS. And this is kind of a big one. I've always been a daydreamer. I've always sort of wandered off into daydream land. And one of my favorite things to do is to take naps. And when I take naps and I'm drifting off to sleep, I I plan and I actually sort of write in my head while I'm drifting off to sleep and I can create stories. And in this weird kind of backwards way, I actually can sort of make those dreams and stories come true. It's it's how I I met and, and married Adam, my husband. It's how I envisioned our life in the suburbs here with our three kids and the Basset Hound and, and all of the things that I've created in my life. I've done so because I've daydreamed about them. I knew 
what I wanted and I sort of found a way to make them happen. So I set that GPS and then that was my intention. And I just very slowly and methodical worked towards that vision. And that is what I advise my coaching clients and in the Simple Shortcuts to Peace course, STP, Shortcuts to Peace, I I talk to the people and I'm like, you have to know where you're going. You have to know the why and, and what you're moving towards. When we're in school, everything's kind of laid out for us. We don't get to pick the curriculum and we don't get to pick the steps taken to get through that curriculum. We're just trying to get to the end goal and whatever that is, finishing the class, graduating high school, graduating college, getting a degree. Somebody else has set that path and you're just sort of on it and you don't really get a say in the timeline or how you're going to go about making your way through these steps. But what's fun about being a full-fledged adult is you get to decide and you get to set the GPS and continuously move towards that direction. And for some people, when they realize that they are the adult and they are in charge, instead of being excited about it, it makes them feel a little floundery and and a little just lost at, well, sort of like lost at sea. And and they're looking for a lifeboat. They're they're looking for something to cling onto. They just want somebody to tell them what to do. And there's a time and a place for that. But what I would hope is for you to stop and to kind of go slow and, and go back to daydreaming. And what would you do if nobody told you no. So maybe when you were a little kid, you you had great, big, huge dreams. And throughout time, you were told, well, that's not practical. Or, huh, how are you going to make a living out of that? And you're just sort of cut down to size as you make your way through life. And I got to tell you, it's not a fun way to be. And it's not what I would hope for you. And, and it's certainly not something that I would wish for for my children. I want you to have big, juicy dream goals. You want to be on TV? Okay. Let's find a way to make that happen. You want to run a marathon? Okay. It doesn't matter if you think you're 65 pounds overweight right now. You want to run a marathon? Let's find an example of someone who is 65 pounds overweight and who did it and just figure it out. And, and keep moving forward. It doesn't matter how big, how audacious, how far-fetched you think your dreams are. You can set that as an intention and move towards it. So in personal development and kind of time management books, which I've read an awful lot about and read so many books, I started my sort of journey into personal development when I was, oh gosh, So probably the year I got married, so that was in 1999, and my very first personal development book I actually bought because it was on Oprah, and it was Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And the funny thing about buying that book in 1999 is I always 
watching Oprah and I could see Robert on stage and he's talking to Oprah on the couch and he's talking about the difference between his rich dad and his poor dad is that his rich dad didn't look at his day-to-day job as his life's work. That was just where you go to make money. Whereas the poor dad was a university professor and that was his life's work and his entire identity was kind of wrapped up into that job. And so Robert was explaining and this was an awful long time ago, but the gist that I got is there's how you make money and then there's your business and your business is your life and all of the different components of it. And you have to constantly sort of mind your business and move towards that. And so that was actually the very first book that I ever bought online at Amazon. And so I thought that was interesting. And that was when I first made my Amazon account. And boy, that website sort of looked like Craigslist back in 1999. But anyway, where am I going with this? Okay, so where I'm going with this is the fact that I started reading these personal development books at a very young age, and I was trying to crack the code. I was trying to crack the code to success. And so I thought if I continuously checked all of these different boxes I and, and followed the formulas set out before me, that I would inevitably be a success. And what's interesting is I do feel like I'm a success, but I feel like I'm a success because I followed my dreams and the the dreams just sort of came to me in quiet, tranquil, peaceful times. I would get an idea like quote unquote out of the blue and instead of shoving it aside as a harebrained idea, I followed it. I just went for it. I had an idea to send an email to different television producers or or different podcast producers to have me on the podcast, I would just go for it. I would just do it. It's how I ended up on Rachel Ray. I had the idea, huh, I should email Rachel Ray and tell her that my creme brulee rocks. And so I did it. And so that is what I mean by setting your GPS. I didn't know where I was going to go. I just knew I wanted to stay home with my kids, but I knew I had to make money. And I wanted to create a career for myself in that I didn't have to leave the house and I could stay home. And I didn't have the steps to get there. I just had this vision. I just had this dream. And that is what I set the GPS for. And and that's what I continued to follow and continued to do. So the difference between setting your GPS, and making a SMART goal. So if you've taken any business courses or any read any time management books, they talk about SMART goals. And I honestly think SMART goals were made for businessmen and probably salespeople who are trying to create a, a very linear way for showing that they are meeting their their targeted quotas in sales. I actually don't think SMART goals work very well when it comes to real life because real life isn't a straight line. Real life is a zigzaggedy 
kind of path. And, and I look at it as like a cobblestone path or a stepping stone path. It is not a highway. That's hustle culture. And that's not a fun way to be. Because when you don't meet these goals, these SMART goals, so SMART is an acronym. And while I do love acronyms, I don't particularly care for this one. So it's specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound goals. The T, the time-bound, is what catches people up. Because if you haven't met your goal by whatever this arbitrary timeline is, then you've failed. You haven't succeeded at your goal. And I do not believe that in any which way. Because the fact is, who cares? What, what, what does it matter? If, if your goal is to finish the marathon, finish the marathon. Does it matter to you how long it takes? It doesn't to me. My goal is to finish and to feel proud of myself. So once you're done, sure, then perhaps you can go back and tweak it here and there and fix the timeline. But, but don't beat yourself up and think you failed. I've worked with women who have this kind of like arbitrary goal that they're going to lose 10 pounds by, I don't know, three months from now to get into a dress at their cousin's wedding. They're doing all of these things and, and they're walking more. They started lifting weights. They're paying better attention to their diet and they cut out sugar and alcohol and they're doing all of these things and they step on the scale when it's the day of the wedding and instead of losing 10 pounds, they've lost eight pounds. And instead of being immensely, incredibly proud of themselves for sticking with something for three months and making so many momentous changes within, they're bummed and they feel like they've failed because they haven't lost 10 pounds. They've lost eight pounds. And that isn't something that I want for you. I don't want you to feel that way. I want you to be feel proud of yourself every little step on the journey. This is not a race. This is not hustle culture where you're going, 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 going. And if you don't get there when you're supposed to, you failed. No. So let's go back to the metaphor of the GPS. So let's say you're in San Francisco and you know you want to get to Austin, Texas, and it's going to take some time and you're going to drive and you've got, I don't know, let's decide you've got this super cute white convertible with red leather seats because I think that would be fun to drive. So you're in this convertible and you set the GPS, and it tells you how long to get there, and it tells you the most direct path. But while you're driving, you see some roadside attractions. And I'm just going to make these up because I actually have never driven to Austin, Texas from San Francisco, so I don't exactly know what's on the way. But so let's just go with this. But you see some sort of billboard, and it's the world's largest ball of twine. And you think, huh, that is a life experience I want to have. I am going to detour and get off the road and I'm going to go see this ball of twine. So let's say you do this. So what does your GPS do? Does your GPS say, huh, you're no longer on the path and then turn you around and send you back to San Francisco? No, it just simply recalculates and you get right back on the road and you start heading towards Austin. You take a detour to the Grand Canyon, fine. 
You spend a couple other nights in this really great hotel that has a plushy pool and, and nice fluffy bathrobes. Fine. It's, it's a journey and I want you to enjoy the journey. It is not a race. So set your GPS, go towards it, and it'll take you as long as it takes you. When it comes right down to it, we all just want to climb into bed each night feeling calm, content, and at peace. We want to know that we were able to keep all the balls in the air and were productive without neglecting our own needs and wants. I know. I get it. That is why I recorded a free masterclass on the 10 things happy, successful people do each and every day, and I'd love for you to join us. Learn simple and practical tips to reclaim the sanity and joy in your home and family at stephanieoday.com forward slash masterclass. Okay, so let's move on to number three. So again, there's five steps to slow living. Episode two, we talked about step one, which is to declutter everything. And then we just did step two, which is to set your GPS. You've got to know where you're headed. And number three is to surround yourself with positivity and stay in this grateful state. So I think we've all heard the the term an attitude of gratitude, and it sort of gets thrown around a lot. And I think we're at the point now where you kind of roll your eyes when you hear that because it just seems so silly. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I get it. My gratitude and I need to, I need to stay in a grateful state and I need to write down in a gratitude journal and, and people sort of poo-poo it because it seems like there's no way that could actually work. But I'm going to tell you, it actually works. And the feeling of staying positive is something that nobody can take away from you. It can be a horrible stormy day and you can, I don't know, stub your toe, the coffee pot breaks. All of these things can go bad and you can dwell and you can be annoyed and you can relive this annoyance over and over again and share it with everybody you come in contact with. Share it with the neighbor down the street while you're walking the dog. Share it with the checker at the grocery store. And you can essentially relive this bad day all day long. You can can relive this bad day for the next week or the the next month or, or for years. There are people, and I'm sure you've met them in life, who are in a perpetual negative funk. And it's not a fun way to be. And it's not something that I would like you to, to live and have that experience. And I, I think we should do a, a tiny bit of a disclaimer here in that I am absolutely not a therapist in any way. I am a, um, I'm a life coach and I've taken classes on coaching and the down and dirty difference between a coach and a therapist is a therapist helps you get over trauma and, and past things that have gone wrong, whether or not you did it yourself or they were done to you. And 
if you are in a funk that you truly cannot get out of, that you can't talk yourself out of in any way, then absolutely go see a therapist, go fix what needs to be fixed from your past in order to heal and move on. And then what coaches do is they move you forward and and they help you chart out where it is you want to go. So we had talked about planning your um, metaphoric GPS and setting your GPS. And, and that is what a coach does. So three, step three of slow living is to stay in a positive state as much as you can and surround yourself with positivity. So when you wake up in the morning, what is the first thing that you do? For many, 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 many people, they grab their phone and they start scrolling and they start looking at all of the things they missed while they slept. And I would like to ask you not to do that anymore. Why are you scrolling? Why are you starting your day on somebody else's terms? There's really no reason to invite all of your Facebook friends into bed with you. That's weird. So just stop. If you use your phone as an alarm, set the alarm, but then put it far away. Put it on the other side of the room. Put it in the bathroom so you can hear it, but you have to actually get out of bed in order to go turn it off. Not only will you probably keep yourself from hitting the snooze button over and over and over again, but you have started your day on your terms. Turn the alarm off and then go do the things that you want to do, that you have decided beforehand, I'm going to go do some yoga. I'm going to empty the dishwasher while the coffee pot brews. You have decided and you are taking decisive action versus being reactionary. And when you immediately start scrolling the phone or flipping on the news or anything that isn't coming from your own brain, you are reactionary. So I do like positive mantras. I like affirmations. I get it. It can be a little woo for some, but start your day by thinking positive thoughts. And if you are ingesting, by ingesting positive things, read an uplifting book, make yourself laugh, but, but don't, don't try to catch up with all of the bad things that are happening in the world, because they're still going to be there. You, you will find a way, but it doesn't need to be first thing in the morning. Also, when it comes to staying in a positive state, you may need to go back to step one, which is declutter. And if there are people in your life who are constant negative Nellies, you may need to either declutter them or create some boundaries and sort of pay yourself first and serve yourself before allowing them to kind of drop you down a peg. I'm sure we all have a friend or a neighbor or an acquaintance in our life where it doesn't matter what the weather is, that person is going to find something to complain about. Oh, it's a beautiful sunny day. Yeah, well, have you heard about global warming and it's just going to get hotter and hotter? Yes, global warming is a real thing, but it doesn't mean that you need to 
talk about it and share it in every single conversation. It's okay to enjoy the glorious sunrise. It is okay to feel the sprinkles of, of dew and fog on your cheeks in the morning. And yes, sometimes the fog is so thick that you can't see across the street. But also, how magical is that? How fun is it? You don't know what's there in the fog. Walk through it. Go see. Find a tiny bit of spark of joy in that you're chasing and going and and be childlike and have fun. If you're in this sort of funkety funk place at times and you're having a hard time, one of the best things you can do is to go slow and stay present by kind of narrating your life. And so you're not allowing your, your brain to go down into negative rabbit trails, but you are stating, and, and sometimes it's even stating out loud, I am walking to the kitchen. I am opening the kitchen cabinet. I am looking for this coffee mug. Oh, this is kind of a cool coffee mug. I bought it last year on a trip to Seattle. I am pouring the coffee grounds into the coffee pot. And so that's a very methodical way to stay in the present, but it is one of the best ways to kind of retrain your thoughts from going down that negative rabbit hole. Okay, so I hope that was helpful. Next time we get together, I'm going to talk about the last two steps of living a slow life. And so they are take action daily. And these are teeny tiny little baby steps. And then step five is to tweak and fine tune as necessary. Because the fact is, if we're lucky, life is long and we should enjoy it and and tweak and modify and change as needed. Because remember, your GPS is going to recalculate. It's all just fine. So thank you again for being here. I'm happy that you're here. You can find information for this particular episode at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast. Plus also in these episodes to come, I'd really like this to be as user generated and, and, and reader oriented as possible. So if you have any questions or comments or feedback, or you'd like to share your own slow living story, leave me a voicemail, stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast, and we will feature it on the show and we will splice you in. And I am happy to coach you live on the air and together. I really do think we can kind of change this hustle culture into one that feels calm and feels tranquil and feels peaceful because that's just a really fun way to be. All right. You take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Do you have a slow living story to share? Leave me a voicemail at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast with any questions, comments, feedback, or testimonials, and I will be sure to include it in an upcoming episode. Also, if you found value in this episode, please share it with your family and friends and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. The more you share, comment, and leave positive reviews, the more people we can reach and share the slow living lifestyle and messaging. 
Thank you, Slow Down Society, and have an absolutely wonderful day.